Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. They take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. In this new year, Yumiko is more committed than ever to promoting transparency and sustainability in their business practices, while staying devoted to eco-friendly production practices that will contribute to the longevity of a healthy globe. Yumiko is passionately focused on connecting and lifting our dance community to promote a more loving and equal world through the power of togetherness. The New York City flagship store is open to customers with limited hours, or you can shop online at yumiko.com. Be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yumiko to stay updated on new releases, live events, store updates, and all things 2021. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance. Welcome to the second part of our interview with Balanchine ballerina Gloria Govren. If you are tuning in and haven't heard part one just yet, we hope that you will go back in your feed to episode 212, where we chat with Gloria about her career. Today in part two, Gloria tells us about where her career took her after retiring from the stage. She has since gone on to a prolific teaching career, being considered one of the leading masters of the Balanchine Technique. She is currently the Artistic Director of Eastern Connecticut Ballet. So what was the point where you decided that um, you were ready to retire from the stage? And did at that point, did you have an idea what the next step would be for you? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I was 34. And Mr. B was already looking at younger dancers. Mm-hmm. So I knew there wasn't going to be anything new for me. Mm-hmm. And I had, from all those years of jumping, my knees were killing me. Mm-hmm. And they weren't getting any better. You know, you should <laughs> be able to bounce back when you're right. younger. And right. as you age, it takes a longer time. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. 
I started teaching at the School of American Ballet, I would say after I had been in the company a year. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, Mr. B, you know, you know, part of it happened with the Ford Foundation grant that, mm-hmm. that the school got. But um, he put me at the school. I remember starting in Children's 2. And then he moved me up. I did A1, A2. I taught B class. I taught C class. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes filled in and did company class, but not too often. Um I, whenever we weren't performing, I was teaching. Mm -hmm. So it was like just a natural progression for me to think, okay, I'm going to teach. However, I never thought to to teach at the School of American Ballet. Mm -hmm. Even though I had done that all those (laughs) years. I, I think... I, first of all, I wanted to leave New York. Mm-hmm. I had been burglarized. I, it was dramatic for me. And, and I'm, I'm kind of a country girl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was not... I found the city very lonely mm-hmm. because I, I, I don't put myself out there. And so you, you can shrink into your little studio apartment mm-hmm. and not see people... So I I thought, you know, I'll open a school. Mm-hmm. Why not? I knew nothing about business. <laughs> I was a teacher, but I um, you know, I I was going through on a vacation and stopped in New Hope, Pennsylvania, and I thought it was such a cute town. I said, well, why don't we do it here? I didn't know <laughs> research. I didn't know if there were any kids there mm-hmm. or anything. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And I got into trouble two years in money-wise. Mm-hmm. And so I went back up to New York to talk to Mr. B to see what, what, what should I do? I was mm-hmm. going to lose it. Right. And while I was there, I was going through such trauma that I had lost a whole bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And Mr. B looked at me and he said, Mir, why don't you do coffee? <laughs> So oh I went, okay, and I, I was staying with Carol Sumner, and I get a call. It was New Year. It was the morning of New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and somebody on the other end said, "When you come back to New Hope, don't go back to your apartment because it's not there. It just burned down." <gasps> so oh my I goodness, yeah, I lost everything in the fire. And Mr. B said to me, because I I did talk to him, and he said, well, you know, I could send you to Chicago to work with Maria. Mm -hmm. That was his idea. Right. And when I went back to New Hope, um, people were so nice to me. I had never lived in a small town Mm -hmm. in my life. And uh, the whole town sort of came to the rescue. They moved my ballet school to the, 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 the firemen came and they, they disassembled the bars and the mirrors and took them across the river to a place that I found. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm to continue. People were so nice that I decided I was going to give it a try because mm-hmm. even if I went back and I took class, it was like starting all over again. Right. And I, I just didn't see that happening for me. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back and mm-hmm. make it a go and have it all. And it all worked out. Mm-hmm. And I met some really nice people. And and it, then it turned out, too, that, you know, I used, I've taught everything from three-year-olds mm-hmm. to adults. And I used to have adults come up from uh, uh, Philadelphia, which is an hour away from where my school was. They used to come to take class with me because I used to treat them like dancers. They wanted mm-hmm. somebody to, you know, recognize that they – they were serious. Right. right. And so um, I made a lot of friends because I, was, I taught it all, all the people I see on the street were in mm-hmm. my class. Right. <laughs> so so it, was, it was a great experience for me. Right. Was, was there a learning curve for teaching? Did you have to, um, you know, especially teaching, you know, small children is so, so different from, okay, I just come and I teach a company class. I was in a company yesterday, so I know how to teach a company class. You know, what, what, what was your process like in becoming a dance educator? Um, trial and error. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, um, a lot I learned from Balanchine because I, I used to watch him in class and there were some people he was all over the place with, mm-hmm. giving a million corrections. And then there are other people he never said a word to. Like, I don't think I ever saw him correct Patty McBride. Mm-hmm. And, and I realized she was such a natural dancer. Every, mm-hmm. It's almost he didn't, he didn't want to remove the personality of the person Oh, the way he was teaching because mm-hmm. you you find out when you teach is especially younger children they start moving like you they imitate mm-hmm. you right. so uh, unless they have a really strong personality um, that may be good and it may not be good I don't know mm-hmm. I think a lot of it I learned when I started teaching I was still dancing mm-hmm. so i would look at somebody and see that they were having a problem and so then i would do the step to try to figure out what was wrong with what right. they were doing mm-hmm. um and that worked for a really long time and i had my school for like 15 years so mm-hmm. i learned i learned you know by your students you'll be taught they taught right. me how to teach mm-hmm. and um I also, when I started, I used to take Mr. B's class in the morning and then go to SAB and give the same class um, at night. And I already knew the corrections. Mm-hmm. I knew what they were going to do wrong. So right. that made me smart. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's just how I figured. I just figured it out. You know, yeah. just, you know and the one thing, you know, Mr. B always used to say, number one, he would say, dear, don't choreograph class. Mm-hmm. And number two, he would say, give them what they need, not what they want. Mm-hmm. And I always remembered that because it's very easy to, you know, you want to be liked. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, And that's why it's like teaching a company class is so difficult mm-hmm. because you want people to like you. Oh, you know, and and if you 
correct them. You don't know whether you you should correct them or not. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, I remember him saying, you know, you can go across the floor and I can see ten things you're doing wrong, but I'm only going to tell you about one of them <laughs> so that you can fix it. Right. Right. And he, he was very wise, and I just, you know, what I ate it all up. I wrote it down. I dissected it, and I used mm-hmm. it teaching and i i teach a rather simple class um because what i learned from mr b was the thing that works the best is repetition he really he really he taught me how to teach and I, he used to say things where you know he would never let anybody applaud after class mm-hmm. and he would say why I don't understand them saying, oh, that was, he gave such a great class. What does that mean? How, how did you do? You know, I mean, I could, <laughs> you know, I've been known to stand in front of a class and say, you know, if you don't like this step, I can give you 16 brises going front and 16 brises going back. And I'm <laughs> sure you're not going to like it as much as this. Step. <laughs> so. I, I find this, so interesting that Balanchine chose you to start teaching pretty much right away. We, When we talked yeah. with Susie Pilar, she told us the same thing, that he asked her to start mm-hmm. teaching while she was still dancing as well. And so I can't help but think that he was already planning how it would be passed down. Did you get that sense? And of course, no one would know how his legacy would live on at that time. But did you get that sense that you might be able to play a very important role in passing on the Balanchine torch? I did. I did, but I didn't. I'm sure if I had gone to him and say, I'm ready to retire. Is there a place for me at the school? I think he would have found a place for me. Mm-hmm. But I never did. I never did that. I, it was just for some reason, I didn't do that. And and he he said to me at Saratoga, because there was a little party for me. Carol Sumner gave me a party at the end of Saratoga. Mm-hmm. And Mr. B took me aside. And he said to me, he understood why I wanted to go off on my own, mm-hmm. because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And then... If I didn't understand it then. And now I think to myself, yeah, you know what? I probably could have stayed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like living in New York. Yeah. I really didn't. I wanted to go somewhere else. I had a boyfriend. I had, you know, I was, I was ready for a new chapter. Right. right. Well, I have to think, too, that he could see how that could, how you could reach a different group of people, too, right? Than just if kind of everyone had stayed at SAB, it would have been more challenging to reach out into the country. And they used to call me all the time. They used to call my mother. I mean, after the only number they had, I guess, was my, when I lived at home. Uh (laughs) And I had already left and my, I was in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, and they would call and ask if I could substitute teaching. And I'd say, if I'm not around there, and right. his mama would say, well, you know, you, if you could hang around more, then we could use you more. <laughs> That's not what I'm looking for. Right. That's funny. Yeah. 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 So you, you did go on to live in Philly and work, um, teach at the Rock School for a long period of time. 
and you were um, a really integral part of the San Francisco Ballet School when Rebecca and I attended summer programs. Um, so how did those life changes come about? When did you say, okay, I'm ready for another change? Oh, well, yeah, you know what? I went from, my school was, my daughter was very young and it was a struggle for me because I wasn't a good business person. So when Ricky Weiss became the director of uh, Pennsylvania Ballet, I called him and I told him I was thinking of closing my school and did he have anything? And he said, can you come in tomorrow and teach company class? And I said, sure. And I came in and I taught class and after class, he said, can you start tomorrow? (laughs) I'll start for the summer Uh and then I asked him what do you want me to do and he said everything Mm. (laughs) so he said you know I want you to teach in school I want you to teach company I want you to uh, stage some of the ballets I work with children I said fine great awesome (laughs) and so I was there for a long time Uh, and then I had a falling out with the specialists and they fired me (laughs) And um, I loss. That's their loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rebecca and my gain at San Francisco Ballet <laughs> exactly School. Exactly right. <laughs> well, what what happened was that was the that was during the 50th anniversary of the New York City Ballet, mm-hmm. and there was this big celebration at Lincoln Center, mm-hmm. and I read. I was not working. Mm-hmm. I was trying to hold it all together, and uh, I went with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And Helgi came up to me and he said, I hear you're a great teacher. And I said to him, well, thanks to whoever said that to you. <laughs> and I'm looking for a job. And then uh-huh. I hear anything. And then I, he called Violet. He called Sandy. He called all these people about me. And then he called me up and he said, do you want to come and teach for the summer and then we'll talk about he asked me if I want to be the director of the school and I said to him I don't do administrative work I said I am a teacher and Mm -hmm. he said oh that we have an administrator the most you would have to do is make a schedule I said I Uh can do (laughs) as long as I can teach I do not want to be in an office right and so I taught and it was really funny because he invited me out to dinner with, he said, you can bring your daughter too. Mm-hmm. So Olivia, my daughter was saying, well, it has to be good news because he wouldn't invite oh, me true. with your <laughs> daughter and we're not going to use you. That's very true. <laughs> very so insightful. So, yeah, so then he asked me and I said, great. And um, I ended up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I've moved around. I, to Minneapolis, I you know trying to get back to the East Coast because that's Mm -hmm. where my daughter was, and she's she's really. I have I have a brother who lives in Florida, Mm -hmm. but we're really not that close. And my parents are gone, and there's my daughter, and I wanted to. I didn't want to be on the other side of the country. Right, Right. So I kept. Tra- I would take any job that kept getting me closer yeah. to mm-hmm. where I wanted to be. Yeah, and now yeah. you're where you want to be, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh yeah, this is perfect because when I retired, my whole idea 
was because I like living in the country. I love animals and I love gardening and all that stuff. My idea was to have a small school mm-hmm. where I could, where the students could get really good training so that when they were ready to go to New York, mm-hmm. they would be on a par with the students who were already there. Right. And I didn't send my kids for the summer. I sent the, I waited until they were, 16 right. and then i i would funnel them into the school that right. way um and that was my dream now i'm living my dream only i don't have the responsibility of paying the bills <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, i have this wonderful school and Aww. nice students and i i live in a nice little house on a lake and i'm 10 minutes from the school and i and even now during the pandemic, you know, uh, people are, uh, they don't understand why I'm teaching because I'm in that age group that's pretty dangerous. Right. But if I didn't teach, I wouldn't see anybody. <laughs> and yeah. that, would be, that would be horrible for me. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get in the studio and teach. And so I teach six days a week. Mm-hmm. Everybody else in school teaches five days a week, and somehow I always get that sixth day in. But mm-hmm. you know what? I it's comfortable. I love it, mm-hmm. and 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 it's it's like what I originally decided to do. But uh, again, I don't have to pay the bills. <laughs> When, when you were telling us that one thing came to mind, we right at the beginning, we were talking about your career and you said that you never felt confident as a dancer. But I see when you're telling us that you're, you know, going in and teaching company class and you're going all these places and your people want you as a teacher. Uh-huh. Did you find a different kind of confidence in your teaching career? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, my God, I got a wealth of information mm-hmm. from balancing so much. And I remember talking with John Clifford. He, he came to Philadelphia to do something. I, he and I went out to lunch and I looked at him and I said, you know, he left us a very difficult legacy mm-hmm. because it's, and he even used to say when he was teaching, don't tell anybody this. You'll they'll think you're crazy. You know, like <laughs> put your heels down and uh-huh. like and it was, um, and it it has been difficult. But I believe so much in just having seen it work mm-hmm. for so many students. Right. I mean, you could, I remember teaching for somebody in Pittsburgh, and I had these kids. And, and the teacher said to me, I can see them improving in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you give something and maybe, you know, four months later, you think, ah, they thought it. But there is something about the way, the structure mm-hmm. of that balancing training that has a strength to it that sort of knits it all together. And I believe in it. I really, I truly believe in it. And it's it's hard because I think it's a smaller club that you belong to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the hands are different. The mm-hmm. speed is different. The tempo of the class is, is different. The way, the way it's put together. But in the end, I think it's, it's really when you look at, at 
those dancers, it's more American. Mm-hmm. It, it has it has a, a look to it, even if you don't intentionally have mm-hmm. put that look on people. But it's somehow the way it's put together at the bar. It 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 works. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. So anyway, I, I I feel confident in what I do. Right. Um. But if I think it's not working, I'll try something else too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to be sentimental for just a moment talk, hearing you talk about that. When I was in your class at San Francisco Ballet School in the summer, that I had those aha moments of like, I, I was sort of familiar with Balanchine style, mm-hmm. but not really until I was there. And I remember specifically you working with us on turning from a straight back knee. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like, why would you do it any other way? Mm-hmm. But, and I know what you mean. Like, you had that, you explained to us why, not just do it this way. Right. You know, there was a whole conversation surrounding it. And I know Michael and I talk about that a lot when we're teaching. We try to do that same thing to tell dancers who aren't as familiar with it the why. And it's so cool to see those aha moments kind of happen again, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's what Balanchine did for us. And there were several years that he taught. He, uh, we had class like every day when we weren't dancing. Mm-hmm. There were two three-hour classes in the yeah. stu- in the studios up on 82nd Street, no air conditioning in the summer. Mm-hmm. And he not only told us what he wanted, he told us why. Mm-hmm. And the why is really important. Yep. Um, it's um, yeah, and I guess. You know, there are other there are other styles that would tell you the why too, but then it's your choice as to what you want to do. I know a lot of my my girls who, after they leave me, and they'll go as as a um, they finally they get a contract with a right. small company, mm-hmm. and they come back. <laughs> And they're spotting the corner and they're <laughs> doing pirouette like that. And I'm going, not my class. No way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to switch back. Oh, yeah. I, it's something else. And they have to learn how to, you know, it doesn't work unless they believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it will ever make anybody happy if they were some did something that they really truly believe looks good and that's what they want. And then in order to keep a job, you have to dance in a different way. Right. I, I think that's, that would be very difficult. I Mm -hmm. I never had to do that. Right. But I, I see it teaching wise. I went, I once I was, I think a a laborer was supposed to teach in Banff Mm -hmm. and she couldn't. And so they called me and I said, okay. And the guy who ran the program picked me up at the airport and we're driving out to where they have all the houses and classes. And I looked at him and I said, well, you know, I'm a Balanchine teacher. And I said, what I need to know from you is do you want the watered down version or do you want the real deal? Because mm-hmm. I, I can do either. <laughs> Yeah. 
and and he said, I want the real deal. And I said, mm-hmm. Good, that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. But you know, not everybody wants that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you do encounter resistance. It it's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, because it's it's not well, a lot of people go back to their roots, the mm-hmm. way they were taught originally. Right. And um and I understand that, I, you know, and, you know, another balancing saying was, dear, you have to, you have to have patience. And when you give a correction, every time you give it, you have to give it like it's the first time oh, you're hearing it. That's very good. I love that because lately, <laughs> I have to confess, there was just one, I, one class I teach every week and I really felt like I was just drilling, you know, I mean, you're saying yeah. the same thing, but it's just when you, you know, there, there can be a level of frustration when you're just like, I said this 70 times and we have to, right. you know, we got to do a plea on and guys, it's not one, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. absolutely. But you know what? I, I've had that. I used to have that experience in San Francisco when I was teaching year round program mm-hmm. and I had one class and I used to finish class and go into the office and going, why aren't they getting it? I don't understand yeah. it. And February would come, and they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, they did hear me. They just weren't ready to put it in their bodies. Right. Yeah. So you have to give them some time. Right. But, um, yeah, Mr. B always talked about patience and, um, you know, be persistent. Mm-hmm. We always used to say you have to be persistent. And he... Yeah, I, I learned everything I know mm-hmm. from him. Absolutely everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's one thing I wanted to bring up and maybe, you know, another sentimental moment, something that moved me a lot as we're friends on Facebook and you posted this at, early on in the pandemic and it was just mm-hmm. a photo of you in a tondu and you said, I had to do a bar today to remember who I am because everything oh. was so weird and messed right. up it still kind of is but like that sense of being connected to something bigger than us like for forever and what you know right everything that's given to you you keep keep giving back i just felt so moved by that and reminded like okay yes this is that's what we are here for not to have meltdowns about <laughs> pandemics <laughs> and also i think you know especially now with um, the uncertainty of everything, everything's been taken away. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher, I can't think of anything more noble to do um, in these times where you see children who, you know, they can't do 32 fortes, but they can learn how to do a tondu batma and they know somebody really cares about them. Right. They have something to work on. It's, um, I, I, I can't think of anything I would be rather doing. I mean, look, look what's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I almost feel like entertainment and the arts, and, and I include fine dining and all of that stuff mm-hmm. mixed in, it's almost going to have to start all over again mm-hmm. from the beginning. When I was in the company, we used to, there'd be like a, a snowstorm and we would at city center go on with our program 
And I remember Jacques Dumblas saying, oh, we can start now. The audience just arrived in a yellow cab because there were times <laughs> when there were probably more people on stage than, than in, the house. in the audience. Oh, my gosh. And when oh. you think about balancing, building that mm-hmm. from nothing, and there were times when there were threats of strikes and Mr. B would mm. say, well, you know, we just pick everything up and move to Brooklyn. That's that's what he used to say. Yeah. It didn't. Huh. It, well, he never showed that it bothered him. He, mm. he always just he believed so in what he did, and um, and he built it from nothing. And then when he finally got his theater at Lincoln Center, you know, he so deserved it, mm-hmm. so deserved it. And and when you think of all those ballets that he choreographed, look at Symphony and C. The stage at City Center is like a postage stamp. It is so small. <laughs> uh-huh. He choreographed these big ballets, and he always he knew that one day he would have his theater. Yeah. Mm. And and he, he did, you know, talk about persistence. And you know, he he came, and there was nothing here. There was there weren't even good dancers. <laughs> Yes, yeah. he had to make good right. Yeah. Right, right. from the very, very beginning. So, you know, hard work, believe in what you do. Um, he always used children a lot in his ballets, Harlequin on, millions of little kids. And it, I, you know, he made a difference in the world and we as teachers are making a difference in the world. And we're so lucky to have a profession where we can leave our mark. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why are you here? What, for what reason? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like you said, he had to make good dancers and then he made good teachers like you who uh-huh. make good dancers. It's all yeah. a circle. I think that's such a beautiful place to finish the, the main part of our interview, but we do have a, a final section where uh, we call it our lightning round, where we just ask you some quick questions and you think of what your first, your initial response would be. It's not a trivia thing or anything. It's just, <laughs> you know, first response. So, um, okay. if you, so if you could come back to the stage tomorrow and dance one ballet, what would it be? I'm Schoenberg. <laughs> yes. That sounds right. <laughs> In Brahms. Yeah. Uh, do you have a proudest moment as a teacher? Oh, gosh. Proudest moment as a teacher. Well, yeah, I have a girl now who's in in, um, uh, in a company, and that makes me proud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, she, because I, I remember when she got her first point shoes, and I said to her mother, she's going to do it. Aww. You know, you, you can just tell, you can tell that personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a ballet that was choreographed after you retired that you would have loved to have danced? Vienna Waltzes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a favorite correction that you've been giving a lot recently and you've given with patience, but still had to give a lot? <laughs> yeah. Point in front of your nose. Ah, essential. <laughs> uh. I once had a girl to point in front of your nose. Uh, Oh my gosh. She'd turn her head. That's so good. (laughs) Great. Is is there a a favorite 
sort of anecdote or balancing story that you like to tell your students as like a lesson? Oh, wow. There's so many. Um, I I think what one of them is, you know, I mean, he, he had, he had such a great way of explaining things. So when um, I always give an exercise, I give slow tondus, two counts in and two counts out. And then the second time around, I always do two counts out. And then I have them lift their leg. And as they lift it a little bit off the floor, try to turn it out more mm-hmm. and then come back. And I explain that the way Mr. B used to explain how it's like having an empty tube of toothpaste and you think you have to go buy more toothpaste. So the next time you're at the store, you buy toothpaste and it's still sitting in the drawer because you can squeeze out. You can always get a little more out of the tube of toothpaste. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I haven't heard that before. That's so great. Um, So our last one, is there something that's um, been keeping you going during this pandemic? Maybe TV show, music, a new skill that you're developing. We've been asking people that. Is there something? Uh, well, I I found out that I hate to cook. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> I. I used to love it, but after raising a family, and I and I hate going food shopping, so I've been trying these little things where people. They send, you know, they send you the meals and you put them mm-hmm. first. Putting them together is too much work. Right. So, so I, now, I, now I get them so that I put them in the microwave. I'm getting very lazy about that. <laughs> I did learn to Zoom, which is a big accomplishment. Hey, that's important. And you'll keep and it around, I We're bet. grateful for that. Very we grateful. Yeah. And, and I also, I mean, teaching, if, if somebody could just figure out how to make the music sync with. <sighs> oh my you know, God. That, that delay is the worst part. But I found over the summer, it was, I got closer to my students yeah. because they were l- little people on the screen. Their little names were there. I was, uh, I was with them all the time. And then when we, I would say, okay, that was it. They'd all rush to the camera mm-hmm. to see what I was going to say. And, mm-hmm. and it's, um, I think learning how to Zoom, and I wish I didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I'm glad I did. Yeah. But today, I got a call before I talked to you guys. Should we have a snow day or should we Zoom classes tonight? And I said, definitely a snow day. (laughs) Kids don't want to do class in their bedrooms anymore. They really want to be in the studio. And so, you know, we're we're trying our best to – I just think the kids need – uh, we were surprised. We've been, I've been teaching class in the studio since August, mm-hmm. and we've we've you know pared down how many how many students can be in a right. class. And we're here we are in the winter, and I teach with the door open, uh-huh. the door open, um, 
they changed all the overhead fans so that it's right. up mm-hmm. and stuff. So it, 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 it somehow it's worked. Um, and the kids really feel a little more normal when, mm-hmm. once they get into the studio. Yeah. This has been really frightening. You know, I really, I feel like I'm in a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like when, you, when you're out in the country and you put on some music and you think, oh, maybe this is part of the movie where I'm driving along and you can hear the yeah. music. There's a whole musical <laughs> score that goes with it. But I feel like are we all going to one day, you know, start fighting with each other and turn into zombies? And- right. Sorry oh, right. that. Yeah, I mean, I hope the next movie we have to be in is a romantic comedy. <laughs> this is not. This is not really the look. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've. Um, well, what's really, what's hard, I think, to to even comprehend, is you're teaching ballet. Is there going to be any ballet? Is there going to be an audience? There will be, but when? Right. And you know, you can you can start put things together but are people going to feel safe sitting in a theater next to thousands of other people is that's going to take time Mm -hmm. it really is and you know i used to think you know i mean i've always thought that ballet was important Mm -hmm. it was just an important thing it makes good people Mm -hmm. citizens and um you know i and i'm happy to know that parents feel that they should send their kids to class. Right. That's an important thing for their well-being. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're doing something good. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Gloria. It's such, been such a pleasure. And we're so grateful that we got to have you on. I can't wait to share. Yes. Oh, thank you. It's been it's been a while, and you know, you, you, you uh, it's my favorite subject. <laughs> Ours we too. really appreciate it, and we You're were welcome. so generous with your time, and we really enjoyed every moment of it. So, thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like to support the Conversations on Dance podcast, there are a few ways that you can help. Click over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Download episodes when you listen to allow our analytics to better understand our listenership. Join our Facebook group, Conversations on Dance, Friends of the Pod, or you can offer a donation. Conversations on Dance has always been and will always be free to our listeners. You can help us continue to create and produce this unique behind-the-curtain look at the dance world by visiting conversationsondancepod.com support. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.